Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Gary Wilson Podcast. So glad you're here with us today. We're going to get right into it because I have a guest I'm really excited about talking about. There's so much content in his heart and his mind and uh, in, in his writing and his social media that it uh, it, it behooves, behooves us. But what is that word? Be, be, behooves. behooves. Behooves us. Why? Behooves. That's what I'm trying to use big words on a podcast, man. That's, anyway, Matt Brown's with us. <laughs> Matt Ledger here with us today, uh, English scholar Matt Brown. <laughs> yes. No. Hey, it's my privilege and honor. Uh, I think I've shared with you in the past, Gary, that I grew up getting the mailers from World Challenge. That's was fun. always encouraged by the ministry. Of course, awesome. know about the legacy of all the different ministries that have been started. And uh, so to be with you today and to even uh, have built a friendship now is is a great honor of my life. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Matt, for those who are, are getting new to be introduced to his ministry, he's an evangelist, he's a writer, a uh, great communicator of, of uh, gospel truths. Uh, he's also uh, tremendous at social media. He's just been able to himself, uh, evangelism comes through his ministry uh, on social media as well as live uh, sermons that he's preaching around the world. And uh, just, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about a, a book that you wrote not too long ago, uh, just right before COVID hit. And I think it's a it's a really good book to, uh, to help challenge and encourage us. Let me just real briefly give what, what I think my primary takeaway is, as you were kind enough to send me a copy of your book, and I loved it. Um, that, well, I, I would even say, like on the back cover there, where it says, uh, to counter the negative reputation that Christians have earned, our love must be just as loud. Like we live in a loud culture that's screaming all kinds of things that are contrary to, to the kingdom that Christ brought and is bringing still. Uh, and I, I think your book is basically a, a king, the kingdom of Christ's attributes. You know, like we have the attributes of God, uh, omnipotent, uh, omniscient, omniscient uh, you know, just... Uh, all, all these great things about God, and they seem to be very grand and glorious, which they should be. Uh, and then we have some attributes of Jesus that are very much God's as well, because Jesus is God. But it's but it kind of brings it down to earth, to, to our level. Uh, and, and you talk about some really important issues. So it, that that's kind of my introduction. Why don't you give me an introduction of what you feel this message is doing for this generation yeah, thank you so much. So this is uh, my book, Truth Plus Love, The Jesus Way to Influence. And it's something that uh, over about 20 years of ministry, as I started early on in ministry, you know, I had just that pure passion. I hope I still have that pure passion. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to be uh, radical for the Lord. Uh, you want to be committed uh, to to His agenda. Uh, and so over the years of doing ministry, though, I started to realize that maybe I had had the wrong framework for what spiritual maturity looked like. Um, passion is great, but you could be passionate and still miss the mark. And so what I started to realize was it's the fruit of the Spirit. you know. And I base it off of that Ephesians 4 verse where speaking the truth in love. Truth and love are two of the great themes of Scripture. Yes. We know when we become a Christian, our life is now guided by the truth of God's Word. It's the truth of God's word that changes us. It's the truth of God's word that points us in the right direction. But all through the scripture, you see this other theme of, of love. And so some of us are, are better at truth mm -hmm. and some of us are better at love. But I think as we learn to wield both, to walk in both, uh, according to God's word, 
God's great compassion, his great mercy, his great grace, but also the holiness, the truth, the righteousness of God. As we walk in those two things and hold those together, I believe that together they give us this greater influence in our generation, in the lives of our family, in the lives of our friends and the people around us. And so I then kind of do this framework throughout the book of the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. So starting with love and moving on down. Sorry to interrupt, but why do you um, why do you tie in the fruit of the spirit to truth and love? Where does that connect? So you know, starting with love, well, the, the fruit of the spirit starts with love. But okay. I started to realize, you know, the fruit of the spirit is the stuff that God works in our life as we submit to Him, as we follow Him, and so it you know, you know the the fruits is love, joy, peace. And what I started to realize was those are the types of things that draw people to us. Those are the types of things that give people give us influence in people's lives, but it's not those things alone that change people's lives. It's the truth of God's word. But it's almost like the when I was thinking about it, it's the love and the joy and the peace that we have. Those are things God wants to give us. That's not just like a secondary part of scripture. Those are good, powerful, yeah. life-changing traits that God wants to build in us, to grow in us. And when we exhibit that, when we walk in those things with people around us, they're like, they see the difference that Christ makes in our lives. They see the joy. They see the peace. They want that. And then we go, hey, it's Jesus. Hey, it's the truth of God's word here. It's discipleship that helps me to to have this in my life and can help you to have this in your life. So it's truth and love working together, right, That mm-hmm. that is transformative. Now, if we just were loving, just joyful, just peaceful, and we never talk about truth, then that's not going to have the power to change the life, right? So it's it's all of it right. together. Yeah, this where my mind goes with this, and I think it's just it makes me I get so excited because it's it's not like even though you're 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 pulling apart like some people are in truth and some people are in love, you really when it's working well, when it's working the way Jesus represented it to us and said go and make disciples by using these methods. Uh, and that method's not even a right word, just having this kind of character that's in me, the same spirit that's in Christ Jesus is in us, then then truth and love are melded together as one thing. You know, and so it's, you know, because if, if we're not careful, I think sometimes we might think, well, truth is like doctrine. Um, uh, you know, is, is there a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, post-millennial reign? Uh, you know, are we Armenian? Are we Calvinist? And you know, so we think of those kind of harder doctrines where we tend to, divide uh, as as members of the body of christ but but as i look at your book you know even in the outline uh, i have your book here this is called Tr- uh, truth plus love which i highly recommend uh, but in your outline there uh, all of these are elements of truth you know i mean it's not like uh okay you're you know chapter two you're talking about love and then chapter three joy you're not saying like uh you know, I, I'm going to talk about love right now. We'll talk about truth later. You're, you see what I'm getting at? You're, oh, yeah, you're no. yeah. This is the truth of the kingdom. This is, if you want to be a kingdom follower of Jesus, this is how your life is going to look like. And mm-hmm. so that's And I don't claim to have the balance because um, I think it's something we always have to strive towards. And um, I wrote this in 2018, released in 2019. You know, and after the last few years of how weird the world was, I'm going, maybe I should have put more truth in there. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you kind of look back and you go, but I did. I spoke on truth. Uh, but what would that be? What it would that needs be? to have this balance, right? Because I think I, I, I never, 
even as I talked about this over the last few years and shared this message with people, I always tried to be careful because I, I didn't want to tell people, hey, you shouldn't speak into what's going on in the world. You know, I actually feel, so my my natural bent, I should share, Gary, is just to, I'm a, I'm a third born, you know, come from a family where, you know, it could be said, my wife and I joke about this sometimes, but um, about people who they apologize for everything, even something they didn't do. They apologize for the weather, right? So it's like, well, you have no control over the weather. Why are you apologizing for the weather? So that's kind of okay. a, a inside joke in our family. And my that. mom is more that way. She leans more that way because of her parents and how she grew up. So I lean more uh, to be to be the guy that just wants everyone to get along, to just have peace. But that's not always the way either. That's not God's way, right? So God isn't afraid to disrupt. He isn't afraid to, Jesus wasn't afraid to speak truth. Now, he wasn't tipping over tables everywhere again. This, this is the question that I get sometimes over the years as I talk about this theme. Uh, is, well, hey, Jesus flipped over tables and there's prophets. Well, yes, of course there is, right? So, so we, we, you know, Jesus wasn't, he was getting in trouble where he was going. He was speaking truth. But you, you get the sense about Jesus when you read about him, when you study his life. Yeah. People are drawn to him also for the compassion. People are drawn to him for the great love that they sense emanating from him and his character. You know, and I, even as I thought about, you kind of mentioned this, but as I thought about the fruit of the spirit, I thought that's the, that's really the character of God. If you think about it, it's really just our father in heaven saying, imitate me, do what I do. What would Jesus yeah. do? Well, this, the, you know, when you think of the fruit of the spirit, faithfulness, God's the most faithful person, one, you know, who's ever existed. When that's you right. think about goodness, he, we don't even know what goodness is without him. When you think about all of these traits, you know, and, and one that might, you know, people might not fully grasp or, or think about is, is joy. God's the most joyful being that's ever been. You know, Randy Elkhorn, by the way, talks incredibly about that in his book, Happiness, and then his devotional book, 60 Days of Happiness, about how God wants to give us joy. I don't think, I don't think most Christians realize God wants you to be happy. Right. They go, oh, no, no, God doesn't want me to be happy. He wants me to be holy. No, 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 no. The reason God wants you to be holy is because he wants you to be happy. What father, what good parent doesn't want their child to have peace and joy, to have yeah. unconditional love, right? God's so much better of a parent. He's so much better of father than any of us will ever be. He wants us to be happy. Why does he want us to be holy? It's because he doesn't want us to have the fleeting pleasures of happiness that destroy us, that are destructive in our lives. So he wants us to be holy because he wants what's best for us because he's always doing a good work in our lives. Right. So that's yeah. why he says, Hey, don't, don't go down these roads. Don't go that way. Hey, guard yourself from this because I know something that's bigger than, you know, that you don't fully understand that this is, this is the path you need to walk. So that, so all of this, uh, you know, all of this, uh, my natural bent is to be, is to be peaceful is to be kind. Right. So it's just, um, I just grew up, I'd just walk around my house and I'd sing. So I just, I, I'm just a happy person, you know? <laughs> and so for me, it's different than, than for others, but my natural thing, I think with some of the stuff that's been going on the last few years is to just want to not talk about it. But I feel like in some sense, it's a sin if you don't speak up for some of this corruption that's going on for some of the, like, you know, some of the things that are going on in culture, of course, we, we could go down the list, but like, you know, the sexualization of children, the, 
I mean, if we don't start, if we don't start speaking into the culture, then the only people speaking in the culture is going to be kind of this woke, um, you know, it's basically a religious cult is what it is. Mm. And so if we don't say something. Sometimes the church doesn't speak. Now, some people probably have a calling to more than others, right? So some people are more prophetic, more gifted in, in, in boldness or more called to stand in certain places. I don't think everyone's called to be the same. But, but that said, I think we all should probably, yeah, we got to speak truth too. Hopefully that makes sense. Jesus, uh, how, how he approached his culture, his, his, the government that he lived under, you know, and, and, you, and when you look at it, you, you, you study that, you've got to study Herod, uh, you know, who, when Jesus was born, <clears throat> caused his family to have to flee. And while they were fleeing, kills all the, the boys Jesus's age. So that's, that's his starting point with, with Herod. And then, you know, if you study Herod, he had 10 wives. He killed three of them. Uh, he killed one of his own sons who he thought he was trying to take the kingdom from him. Uh, and then his, one of his sons becomes, takes his place. And then he kills John the Baptist. So so Herod's family and government, and that, that's just the Jewish form of government. And he's got the Roman government on top of all that. Mm. So I was looking at this recently. So how does Jesus react to the government? And in Matthew 18, uh, Matthew, uh, I can't remember where it is. Uh, he, it says, and, and when Jesus heard about uh, John being beheaded, uh, he said to his disciples, let's go to a solitary place and pray. So, I mean, I think that's great this, that, that wow. he, his first attitude was, was, was to pray. And, and then he, he talks about John, who, interesting, this is while John, John confronted Herod, you know, he, he said, uh, hey, you're, you're, you're sleeping with, with your brother Philip's wife. Uh, and, and you know you need to turn from your sin. He, he rebuked him and got you know got got his head cut off. So it, uh, and uh, yeah, and so Jesus goes away. He he pray he prays uh, and, and then the crowd gathers around him and he he can't even he can't even get time to pray. But he gives you know this great sermon and then he his disciples feed five thousand people. He heals all the sick that came from all over the countryside. Uh, you know so so he's occupied I think with with like he, I think what, what I'm trying to say is, you know, you're talking, Matt, about people that are more prophetic. I think Jesus looks at John the Baptist and says, go, John, go, you know, just mm-hmm. yeah. you know, rebuke Herod, rebuke Rome, fight against them, get, bring righteousness, tell, tell the soldiers not to, you know, pick on people and the tax collectors, tell them not to take more money than they're supposed to, you know, go for it. But then he looked at his own life and said, but my ministry is going to be actually healing the sick, raising the dead, caring for the poor. Uh, you know, other than him saying Herod that fox, he didn't really do a whole lot. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pulled, uh, as I think you are as well, <laughs> like to what degree do we fling ourselves into some of the social concerns as we should? Uh, you know, one great preacher said, you know, if we love children, we're going to hate abortion. You know, if, 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 if we love all people, we're going to hate racism. Uh, you know, so so love, truth and love, you know, it's almost like love and hate could be married to that thing, too, as well as is to be against certain things. But but where I think your book is so important and not just your book, but really your message is these these fruits of the spirit. Which which I think if we're not careful, we look at fruit of the spirit, and we say that's um, those are some nice things, you know, Let, let's try to be a little more joyful or let's 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 be mm-hmm. gentle. Uh, but these aren't. I don't see these as nice things. I, I see them as the upside down kingdom. Uh, uh, Jesus bringing the kingdom to Herod, to Rome, and saying, "This, this is how life is really going to work. This is going to restore us back to the garden." And so, 
your elements here, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, you know, these, these things are so much, you know, we label them through the spirit, but man, you're talking about contending with culture today because these things are not primarily in culture. So do you see it that way? Kind of like these things are like weapons in a sense, or do you not look at it that way? A hundred percent. And I feel that you could live your Christian life, grow up in church, right? And, and, and spend your life in church and still miss kind of the priority of this in your life. And I just, you know, I, I remember reading a book uh, by Francis Schaeffer wow. called The Mark of the Christian. It's a great little book. Hmm. And he just says, how are we supposed to see like these traits? And he's specifically talking about love, truth and love together. How are we supposed to see these? It was actually providential, by the way, Gary, that I, I read this book as I was already working hmm. on this concept. But he wrote it you know, awesome. 40, 50 years before. And he says, if we're not having conferences on this and books on this, how are we supposed to, you know, in, in, in preaching and teaching regularly on these things, how are we supposed to learn how to do this as Christians? And the emphasis of our preaching, depending on the church you go to, could be on a million other things, but we really do need to have a priority in our churches and a priority in our Christian lives of an emphasis on the fruit of the Spirit. Now, that doesn't that isn't to say the fruit of the Spirit is the work of the Spirit in our lives. But I do think it's good to see it in two ways. It's good to see the fruit of the Spirit as a filter through which you approach the world. And that means you're there to carry God's truth, but are you walking also as you do that in love? Are you walking with joy and peace and kindness and gentleness? I said this one time years ago on a pastor's podcast, and they were in shock, actually. They said, how can we be gentle? What are you talking about gentleness? The culture is so messed up, you know, gentleness. I'm like, well, it's not, I'm, this isn't my idea. I'm just telling you about the fruit of the spirit, right? So <laughs> it was a very interesting moment going, this is a pastor in a, in a, in a ministry that's impacting a lot of people. And I would say they're very bold in a good way, but they're, they're not prioritizing gentleness. They don't even see gentleness as something that the spirit would emphasize in their lives. So wow. there's, again, there's this, this both end thing with the scripture, but so it's a filter, I think that we need to, to approach the world. I think I would say this, I say this over and over again. I think this over and over again, we start with our family, start with the people closest to you start at home. Yeah. If we walk as a Christian parent in truth and in love and in joy and in peace and in gentleness, if we aim for these things then I think that we're going to gain influence with our children and with our grandchildren and with our spouse and with our relatives. And so you start at home, you move into your workplace and your friendship circles, and then you move into how you approach your community and the nation and the world, right? So start, start closest. So it's a filter that I think gives us influence with people in a, in a good and godly way, right? We're not influenced for the sake of influence, but we can, we can, impact and influence your lives for the Lord when we walk in these, these traits. So it's a filter. And then I also think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, so you, and I'll just end there, but yeah, just a, just an interesting, uh, way that we need to kind of walk in this way. I would just add this, that, um, Jerry Bridges talks about in the pursuit of holiness, uh, that holy, we, we have both a righteousness in Christ before God that we've done nothing to earn or deserve. And then there's right. this scriptural call to holiness that we're called to pursue. 
And I kind of think of the fruit of the spirit in the same way. This is, this is what we should see growing in our lives. But I also think as we aim for it, as we keep it in front of us, that's going to help us to get there. Do you have some ways of keeping it in front of you? Do you have any spiritual disciplines, practices that, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at like measuring, I don't know if that's the right word, but, uh, we're growing in these elements. That's a really good question. I don't know that I have, uh, a filter that I, or, you know, a, a, a measurement that I can think of, but I do know like studying about it and writing about it helps yeah. you first of all, realize how bad you are at it. <laughs> that's oh what God. all writing does. <laughs> you go, great, oh man. I think it's always a great starting place to recognize our need. You know, that, that yeah. the humility become broken before God mm. and he's pressing things out of us that don't belong and then squeezing life out of us. And that's, I think that's powerful. Yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, keeping it in front of us would be the, one of the biggest things I would say, just continue to come back. Right. And so again, for me early on, I think in ministry, I didn't have a framework of the fruit of the spirit at all. I just think God started to kind of put it in my heart and I started to realize, okay, to grow like Jesus, you know, early on, I would say that to be a radical believer of Christ is how much you pray how much you fast and how much you witness like that. That would have just been to me like not no one. I don't know that anyone told me that, but that's just what I was picking up maybe from people mm. I respected from people around me that, and, and those, those are actually, those are pretty good. Actually, those are, those are pretty good parameters. Right. However, I started to realize, no, it's, you could, you could do those things and you could be pushing people away from the Lord. You you know, you could do those things. That's not enough. Those things are great, you know, to have those passions, but, and, and we need that, but it's also, no, it's this character that God's working in you. It's, it's, it's your attitude, right? So I would say it's deeper. It's your attitude. It's like, Hey, do you have the love and the joy of Christ or are you just passionate, radical, right? Yeah. Or, or, or can people say, cause the thing about the fruit of the spirit, those are like, those are the opposite of, of, of self, those are the opposite of the flesh. Like, you know, naturally a happy, I don't think most people aren't naturally happy. You know, like that's, yeah. that's what Jesus does in us. He gives us joy. You know, people don't naturally have peace in today's world. It's, it's a pretty chaotic world. They're anxious, you know, but for some reason, when I spend time in the word, when I spend time in worship, when I spend time around the community of believers, I sense the peace of God that doesn't make sense. That passes understanding for what I see happening in our nation, for what I see happening in our world. And it, again, doesn't mean that you, you just, you're off in La La Land, but it just means you have a peace that you can approach the world with, that you can yeah. speak into the world with, right? That does yeah. not ever make sense with yeah. what's going on around us. And so some of these things are just so, you know, gentleness when you're, when you're frustrated, you know, with your kids or you're, frustrated at your work, you know, it's not natural, but God can help work that in us. And when you think about these, 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 um, fruits of the spirit are in they're individually within us, but they're also communal. Like there's a group of people that have gentleness mm. and that's what really, I think our testimony becomes quite strong in a world that is anxious and mm. divided. And all of a sudden there's this community of believers and they, they just have gentleness and they have kindness and uh, 
you know, first Corinthians 13 comes to mind, you know, like love keeps no record of wrongs. It's like, you know, what kind of people live like that in our culture? Uh, just, and it really does mm. set us apart. You know, it, bring, it brings us to that place of, you know, God's original intention with his covenant with us, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, not because you're great. And I'm going to put my spirit in you, not because you're seeking me real hard and others aren't, uh, but because I want to bless you to be a blessing to the nations. And, and I think the Holy Spirit puts these fruits of the Spirit, these the fruit of the Spirit within us uh, for ourselves so that we can have joy and peace and kindness. And for, and then, but then, it, like you said, it, it balloons. It, it, it's like a inflated. It goes from our family, ourself to our family, to our, our community around us, to the people we work with, to the school we go to. And uh, that's that's the salt and light you know, that Jesus, Jesus talked about being in our culture. We see examples of this all around us, right? And it's, it's those stories that you, you hear that you go, wow, like how did they forgive? And how did they, how did they love somebody who'd, who'd hurt them like that? There was a story just in the last few weeks that came out of, there's a, a worship leader who's been traveling around the country doing these worship gatherings named Sean Foyt. And he was in one of these cities and he was real bold. Like, you know, when things were being closed down, he was still holding outdoor gatherings and, and it was, it brought a lot of hope to people in different cities. And I don't know Sean super well, but there's a story that just came out that was like this, where he says, uh, uh, an addict somehow in one of the cities, uh, got close to their stuff and stole Sean's favorite guitar. Mm steals his guitar. Well, he finds out later, I think either the police found it or something, or the guy turned it in. And just a few, just very recently, he, uh, this, this gentleman showed up at one of their events and, and, you know, they brought this guy up on stage and he just embraced him, just gave him the biggest hug. Well, this guy at that event gave his life to Jesus Christ and got baptized. Wow. Had formally walked in just, you know, obviously just a messed up life and the, the kindness, the, the grace that these guys showed. Yeah. It was just this beautiful, beautiful example of the kingdom because Gary, like when we look at, and again, I, I think we need voices speaking into culture, Christian or non-Christian speaking in and saying, Hey, you know, we need to fight for freedom. We need to, we need mm-hmm. to guard what we've been given in this nation. All of that. There's n- nothing against that, but I think a Christian comes from a fundally, fundamentally different perspective and place in their spirit yeah. because they have the love of God for people who are far from God. Right. And so we're not just trying to win an argument. Right. We're not just trying to bash somebody, but we're just, we're, we're, we're praying they come to faith in Jesus Christ. We're praying that God blesses and, and, and helps them in their lives. Like we just, we just, as much as we're frustrated with the wickedness of, of the world and the wickedness of man, we go, oh, we want to see God work in that person's life. Like we, we love people, right? So we just come from just a very, a very different place in how we say things. And hopefully, even when we're strong, like a parent, right, for their child, even when we're strong, people can see, man, we, we love people. You know, we love people. We care about people. The reason we're speaking so strong is because we care about people, right? And so it's been said, you can win an argument, but you know, but lose a soul. Now we don't want to. We want to win the souls, you know. Like you know, we want to speak God's truth, but we want to win the souls. We want to. We want to point people. You know, we want to draw people in and draw people to the warmth. And so you know, the fire of God, the fire of God, I believe, has this warmth, you know, and and it draws people in. So. Mm. 
That's so good. Well, you you not only write about it and, and talk about it on podcasts like this, but you're living it. You're an evangelist. You're touching a lot of lives. Uh, Matt, I'd love to have you back on uh, next episode uh, and do another uh, conversation with you, uh, talking a little bit more about your calling, your evangelism, how you take these things of joy and love and peace and, and proclaim them and write about them and your influence on social media. So uh, would you mind joining us one more time? I'd love to. Okay, well, thanks for being with us today. I want to recommend one more time, uh, Truth Plus Love. Uh, grab that right away, and it's going to stir your heart and encourage you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to do two things. First, share this with someone else. Second, click on the subscribe or follow button on whatever app you're using to listen to the show. That way you get notified when we release a new episode. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next time.